Olofinjana to Lawrence. Played through for Fuller. Fuller's beaten Larson here. And Ricardo Fuller has scored for Stoke. Ten minutes to go. And it could yet be a celebratory night in the Potteries. Hello and welcome to episode 30 of the Wizards of Drivel podcast. My name is David Cowlishaw and Ben Cartwright is joining me. Good evening, thank you for having me on once again. My pleasure as always. Now, Stoke City, fresh from a great win at Vicarage Road, uh, now host Burnley in the Premier League on Saturday. Uh, We'll be looking forward to that game with Jamie Smith from the No Name Never podcast in just a while. But first, we've usually started these preview podcasts with what's your favourite game against this team. And quite often we've struggled on account of our age or having not played these teams as much. Uh, Burnley we've played quite a lot and yet we kind of produce really unspectacular games. Uh, One game in our last 11 has had more than two goals and that was the 2-1 defeat last time they were in the Premier League at the Britannia Stadium. So I've had a real trawl through uh, recent Stoke history and the only games that come to mind for me are a one-all draw in our promotion season uh, which was a fairly standard game but Liam Lawrence scored a last-minute penalty to equalise for us. It it hit the post and came off the back of the goalkeeper and went in and that was after we'd lost two on the bounce in the championship and is arguably one of the key moments of the season for us looking back now. Uh, And the second is, the only time I've ever been to Turf Moor was in our promotion to the Championship, when Steve Cottrell was our manager. I've only been to Burnley once, despite living in Lancashire, which tells you all you need to know, really. The the game I think we lost, I can't remember it too well, apart from the fact my granddad got hit in the face by a a stray football during the warm-ups. And it was quite some going, because we were quite some way back, but yeah... That was the only only thing I can remember. He was fine, you know. <laughs> bit bit of a bruised nose, but that was it. I think I think the fact that he got hit in the face from quite a distance, it sounds like, probably sums up the level of football that you were attending at that point, maybe. Yeah, it was probably someone like Chris Greenacre. Yeah, I don't actually have any memories of of Stoke, of Stoke Burnley games. I know that I've been to one because I literally saw a ticket to that game the other day, but I didn't take note of which one it was. So I had a, a, a brief look over over some of the games. I mean, there's one game back in 2006. It might have been the games I went to. Don't know. Paul Gallagher scored. It was only one nil. But I had a look at the lineups. Um, Phil Bardsley was playing it right back for Burnley. Strangely enough, but also what happened to him? Well, yeah. Um, James O'Connor was playing for them um, at that point. Ooh. Wayne Thomas was playing for them, and Gifton No Williams came off the bench for them. So a few notable Stokies in that lineup. Um, but- well, um, Steve Cottrell famously went to Burnley sometime after he left Stoke, and then proceeded to buy a load of Stoke players. And that, yeah, there was an intense dislike of Cottrell in particular, mm. but um, the the fact that he he bought people like O'Connor. And Adi Akinbai, I believe, went there as well. Yeah, uh, yeah, he did. Kind of particularly soured us against uh, the Clarets. But again, the games we put, we've played against them recently have been spectacularly unmemorable. Indeed. I mean, going back a bit further, um, my uncle, who's on Twitter, Keith in Baldock, he tweeted the podcast and said he went to a game back in 1977. All that time. I remember it was like, like it was yesterday. Um, Stoke were in Division 2. The score ended up as 2-1 to the Potters. But it was notable because it was the last ever game for Peter Shilton for Stoke. 
um, he was sold to Nottingham Forest and my uncle was there. So, yeah, he said winning a home match was a treat after relegation. Burnley looked like a pub team yeah. with beer guts and bald heads everywhere, as I recall. So have they changed <laughs> that much? That is the big question. We, uh, yeah, uh, Peter Shilton uh, was plucked from playing for us in the, the second tier to winning the European Cup with Forest. I don't think many Stoke fans probably resented him leaving, to be honest. <laughs> but anyway. he saw, I met him once. He signed my football. It was nice. Nice. Yeah. Good claim to fame, that. Uh, yeah, so the uh, Burnley memories didn't really uh, prompt much of a Twitter response. Although uh, Potter's 1863 Mark Green uh, did reply to us saying, he went there umpteen years ago and had his windscreen wipers ripped off his car. He says, you might think there's nothing particularly unusual about that, but he was driving along at 30 miles an hour at the time. <laughs> Incredible. Incredible. That's Burnley for you. <laughs> uh, the second question we asked on Twitter, in anticipating this kind of lack of Burnley chat, was, is there any Stoke player in particular you'd like to go for a pint with? We got all manner of responses, but uh, Ben, I'll pose that question to you first. The, the Stoke player you'd most like to go for a pint with? I mean, I think the answer to this question actually completely depends on what type of pint you're going for, because there is a, a whole mm. a whole different level of different pints. So I've got a few different answers for I, I you. Think, I th- yeah, I think we need to discuss this in depth, really. Oh, we'll, uh, 100%. We'll do football chat some other time. <laughs> um, the fir- the first option would be if you're going to a pub quiz, you want someone quite clever. So I've gone for a former Stokey. I think Asmir Begovic, although some people might not like him anymore, he seemed like a really intelligent bloke. So I'll take him for a pub quiz if that's what really we're doing. intelligent. Any any current Stoke player you'd fancy in a pub quiz? Because uh, I try. I don't, I don't know if we've got the brightest squad in the league. That's I, I I did briefly. I didn't even I didn't even think about it for too long because Begovic went straight to my head. But I I can't think of anyone that I sort of on the face of it pick straight away. To be honest, it would have to be a, yeah. a well seasoned bloke. Maybe maybe you you take Peter Crouch for the banter because. Peter, even yeah. if you end up doing badly at least you have a nice time yeah it'd be like being on a tv panel game or something wouldn't it with their uh, crouchy you know you'd always have a quick answer you'd think of a, a banterous uh pub quiz team name for you that's that covered yeah i mean and, and then maybe you get you get a bit of a laugh at the end at least even though you're in last place because he's not that intelligent i'm not saying again i don't want to rip into peace crouch every time i talk about him maybe he is really intelligent sorry peter another another sort of pint moment is when you want to celebrate of course and who better to celebrate with than three smiling Spaniards I mean I don't want to cause offence when you're my friends either but I would I would choose Muniesa, Hosolu and Bojan over them anytime if I was sort of celebrating <laughs> maybe maybe after a decent podcast and I wanted to have a quick pint I'd go, I'd go out with um, <laughs> Muniesa, Bojan and Hosolu. That'd be nice you'd be in good company there. Ma- um, maybe a pint of sangria in fact really push the boats out. Nice Nice, good choice. They'll they'll feel right at home when when you take them to a a pub on the outskirts of Manchester and just say, "Oh look, they've got sangria. It's fine, lad." Um, our, our response on Twitter was uh, quite interesting. A lot of shouts for Charlie Adam. Yeah, I, c- I, I can imagine that. The, a lot of people said Charlie Adam with the kind of uh, reasoning of think of the session you take you on. That is literally, I there's a lot yeah, of Yeah, I've literally got that on, on, on here as well. I mean, if, if you've got something to forget about, then I don't think there's anyone who would take you on a better journey um, in a pub or on a night out than Charlie Adam. It would be crazy, yeah. I reckon. He has been frequenting the nightclubs up in Blackpool, near where I live, so... Um, he's he's definitely got form for a good night out. Yeah, so uh, a lot a lot of shouts for Muniesa for uh, varying uh, 
very homoerotic reasons. The fro- the frost says money Aza, I'd get him drunk and play spin the bottle with him. <laughs> very good. Zach Nolastoki uh, of this parish says Arnie in a goddamn second. Would Arnie be that good company on it on a night out? I, f- I feel like he'd uh, he'd sulk a lot. I reckon Arnie. You know, Arnie's one of those where sometimes you go for a pint with him and you have the time of your life. Where others, he literally sits there in silence, checking his his phone constantly. He's one of those, I reckon. Yeah, yeah. He blows hot and cold. Mm, in- indeed. Um, yeah. So lot of ch- lot of shouts for Adam. Lot of shouts for Money Aza. Uh, Daniel Yates from Will Be With You says. Um, I just bombard him with a trillion questions I have lined up. Referring to Dion Tantec Scherer. <laughs> imagine he'd be a, fascin- a fascinating character. Perhaps to interview rather than, you know, share a drink with. Yeah, I, I, I literally can't even fathom what it would be like to have a pint with, with Dion Atten. Um I, I can hardly even say his name, so it might be quite an awkward pint. Second shout for Keith in Baldock. Uh He'd go for a pint with Ryan Shawcross to chat about his England experience and find out who the real gits are in the current squad. Ooh. I, mm, I, don't, I don't think Ryan's that kind of guy. I don't think Ryan's the kind to, you know, dish the dirt. I don't think he's going to sell many secrets there. But, you know, he, Stoke legend, of course, so would always be fun. He might, in, in, at the end of the pint, he might open up emotionally and sort of share his feelings about the whole Aaron Ramsey saga, the, the lack of England call-ups. Who knows? It might just be a really lovely experience by the end of a pint with, with Ryan Shawcross. Ben Rowley says Gianelli and Bueller. All right, and, uh, right okay. I know, we, I know we love him, and, you know, we're, we're big fans of his, but his English isn't great, and I don't know, I'd, I'd feel bad for him. I'd feel like a, he was someone to be looked after rather than someone just to share a drink with. I'd, I'd be I'd be trying to just protect him. Yeah, he's he's probably be like the the new kid at school who sort of needs someone to hang around with for a while until he settles in, and he probably still needs that person at the moment. Unfortunately, I'm sure at, at some point when his English gets better, he'll be a, he'll be a lovely pint as well to to have. From my point of view, I think Crouchy is a good shout. You know, he, he'll have some stories anyway. He's uh he's got that mix of having played at the highest level, played played in Champions League finals, played for England. And also, he's got that kind of showbiz element about it. He'll have loads of stories uh, from, you know, hanging around with Kasabian or whoever. So, you've got stories. Famously, bit of a laugh. I think Crouchy's a Crouchy's the one to go for a pint with. And also, I don't know. I don't know what advantages there are to having a tall mate in a pub. But... <laughs> you get seen at the bar maybe a bit quicker with Crouchy. Yeah, yeah. He's, yeah, he's definitely, definitely. recognisable as well. Like some of the Stoke players, if they walked into a, like a random pub. They might not get recognised. No offence to the players. I mean, a lot of them would do. Yeah. But, I mean, Texier, if he walks into the pub with, with you, then it's just like you're walking into the pub with your mates. But if Peter Crouch walks in, he gets a point straight away. There's no waiting for Peter Crouch, I reckon. Yeah, and if he went into the pub with Shakiri, like, no one would see him over the bar, <laughs> so... Was there, there were, was there no sh- suggestions for Shakiri? That was tough yeah. to say. Well, I, nearly, I struggled no. with that. Suggestions. I don't think he drinks, to be honest. Oh, of course. He, um... But the I think the best shout on Twitter has come from Luke Smith. He'd go for a pint with Joe Allen because he could turn water into wine. Well done. Come on. Congratulations, yes. you win the podcast. Shall we talk about football now? Sounds good to me. Yeah, so Burnley, fresh from beating Watford, as we said. We've got Burnley, who uh, are vulnerable. They've just lost to West Brom 4-0, just lost to Man City at home by being quite calamitous in defence. We fancy this, don't we? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think you have to, really. Burnley have been absolutely astronomically bad away from home. Um, and and as we've mentioned a lot of the times, we are playing good football at the moment. And, and Watford was a great away performance. But now it's about sort of converting that to a decent home win. I'm, I'm always quite nervous after we play well these days because whenever we we play well, it seems like the game after just we sometimes flop when sort of it's never the, the the emotions are never too extreme i mean obviously the emotions were very extreme after the 4-0 crystal palace loss but stoke never let us get too happy so it scares me that maybe this is the game that sort of takes us back to earth after after a decent run of games missing out the bournemouth game of course but yeah i think i think we need to, again we need to be looking at this game like it's a must win yeah interesting to see what he'll do with his team because of those players who came in perhaps unexpectedly against Watford and played well. Uh, injuries forces force our hand to some extent, but I think the best team I saw suggested was uh, Grant, Johnson, Indy, Munieza, Peters, Shawcross if he's playing, will obviously come in for Munieza, Adam and, and Imbula again in the middle, and then uh, Shakiri and Arnie White, Allen back into the number 10 position and then Juve uh, to be rewarded for his performance against Watford with a berth up front. Would you go along with that? Yeah, I think that sounds absolutely lovely. Um, if Juve can can convert all of that wonderful energy he had on the right wing um, against Watford up front to sort of creating chances, then I think there would be no, there would be no Stoke fan that that would complain about that because having Bonnie in the side, I mean, he's supposed to be a, a, an amazing finisher of the football. That's why we bought him because if he got if he gets a chance, then he'll put it away. But at the moment, he hasn't, or when he's been playing, he hasn't been getting too much, too many chances. But where with Juf, you might see him sort of work himself into a chance, hopefully, especially after that performance um, last week. You, he kind of, if he was up front, you kind of feel yeah. like he'd be able to make something happen for himself. Yeah, you feel like he can uh, drag defenders out of position a bit more. With he's, mm-hmm. he's a lot pacier than Bonnie, so he can maybe uh, create gaps for Shakiri or Allen or Arnautovic. Yeah, definitely. And and I mean, yeah, Allen has to come back straight away. He's obviously fantastic, and the fact that we played so well without him just I, I think is is another huge thing. He's he's been our best player this season, probably uh, definitely outfield. I'd I'd argue. Um, and now that he can come back into the side, then I think, yeah, we, we should be really confident with this game, which, again, just scares me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, our games in December, we have six of them, and they look pretty horrible. Burnley at home this weekend, of course, and then we travel to Arsenal uh, next weekend. I'm down in London for that one, uh, staying with an Arsenal sporting friend of mine. So, yeah, I'm expecting, you know just to have a horrible time, really, because we always lose there, and I don't see that changing, no matter how good we are. Yeah, I, then we're yeah. Home. I, I missed yeah. out on that one. I think all my family are going to that, but for some reason I'm going to Grimsby v Portsmouth, so I don't get to go to the Emirates. Um, but every Well, Gr- Grimsby-Portsmouth is very much the uh, <laughs> Arsenal-Stoke of League 2. And you've got uh, Omar Bogle, of I know, course. I'm, I'm extremely yeah. excited to see Omar Bogle in the flesh um, and not have to see Stoke sort of lying over and letting Arsenal just do whatever they want to us like normal at the Emirates. I mean, I'm praying for everyone that's going that that won't be the case, but it's just been so disappointing. And, and, and it's been on TV a couple of times, I think, at least. And 
and sitting there watching that with some Arsenal supporting mates is just painful. So I hope one day we can turn that around at Emirates and, and hopefully that's this year. Uh, while you're at Grimsby, can you try and grab an interview with Omar Bogle? Because I think he's got a big uh, fan club in Stoke Twitter who'd love to just, you know, he- he- hear his voice acknowledge them. Talking about pints with players, I'll try and get him to, to sort of get on the train to Manchester and, and join the night out that I, I plan to have with my friends. And we'll see what words I can get out of him in the nightclub. The mind bogles. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Burnley at home, Arsenal away, Southampton and Leicester at home. Awkward, niggly fixtures mm. that you don't quite know what to expect us to do just yet. Uh, because Southampton playing really well, Leicester less so, but they're still the league champions. And they are now uh, so, through in the Champions League, so that sort of distraction yeah. for, for until the new year at least is kind of out of the window and they'll be looking to pick up points, I'm sure. Yeah, so you never know what to expect uh, from home games against these kind of sides because I think both Southampton and Leicester games could go either way. And then at the end of the month, we're away at Liverpool and Chelsea where we tend to not do much at all. So I think looking at the fixtures we've got, six or more would be a really, really good return for me. So in that scenario, we'd win two out of the home games uh, against Burnley, Southampton and Leicester. So uh, this game's quite important, I think, in terms of establishing what we're about, uh, you know, making sure we're... At the, at, in the right half of the table. Yeah, 100%. I mean, in the past few years, we have been able to pick up results against the bigger teams. Um, obviously, famously over the Christmas period, last year we did it, but we can't rely on that. So we need to be picking up points against Burnley. Definitely, 100%, three points is really important in this game, um, as you say. So, yeah, looking at that, those six fixtures is quite scary. I mean, it's quite... It's quite nice to be able to see that Watford and, and Sunderland are coming after the Christmas break, but we need to we need to pick up points against Burnley and then hopefully pick up some some surprise points elsewhere because all of those games, it wouldn't be like if they were dotted around the season, you wouldn't be too disappointed if if we didn't get anything from them. The fact that they're all together is is yeah scary, but we should be able to pick something up here and there. Yeah, you, you look at those away games: Arsenal, Liverpool, Chelsea. Uh, any point or two. Mm-hmm. Two points from those games would be absolute dreamland. So um, that they they can all be considered bonus games. Yeah, Tony Pulis always kind of referred to games like that as bonus games, but you can see where he's coming from, really. Um, would you go? Would you go for a pint with Tony Pulis? Um, I mean, you, you'd probably be buying I, after recent. Yeah, revelations. yeah, I'd definitely be buying. Or he'd say he he was going to buy a pint, and then and then. He'd he'd quit just just before he did. <laughs> well, he would have, he would have taken the money off you. So I'll buy you buy the first round. I'll take the money off you, then walk out the pub. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I need two million quid for this round, but uh, you know I'm good for it. You know. I'm good for it. <laughs> oh, sure. uh, have you got any uh, feelings about uh, the Pulis situation at the moment? I'm just I'm just kind of sad really because. We we obviously all love him for what he did, and uh, he did conduct himself relatively well as Stoke manager. 
you know, just in off the pitch stuff. He, he did a lot of charity marathon running and mountain climbing and stuff. Um, so these uh, revelations about his conduct at Palace just, they leave a bit of taste in the mouth, I think. It is a strange one. I mean, I'm not an expert on, on the case itself, but the fact that he has to pay that much money, is just, it's just, that the mind boggles at that amount of money. I mean, wow. Um yeah, is is he going to have to pay the whole amount of that, whatever it is? Is it three million pounds? I, I, I don't know how it works. I don't know. I'm, I'm I'm sort of hoping for the man that it's kind of how the Spanish prison sentencing system seems to work, where you get two years prison, but then that doesn't mean you actually go to prison. So maybe if he's got fined three million pounds, he doesn't have to actually pay it. Who knows? I don't know how it works. Maybe he's collected so much money in fining Saido Berahino over the years <laughs> that he's uh he's sorted. Or, may, or maybe his good mate Peter Coates will uh, chip in. Uh, the, the the gag about Tony Pulis at the moment is he's going around cap in hand. <laughs> nice. 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 Yeah, so I think that's the uh, tactical analysis of the Burnley game squarely covered. Uh, I don't think you'll get much more in-depth than uh, this podcast. Uh, just some uh, things to talk about before we go and then... Ha- uh, hand you over to not only a discussion with the No Nay Never Burnley podcast, but uh, a little bit of uh, audio with Eric Peters from earlier today. Thank you to Nathan Shelley for providing that. Uh, the first Stoke player to uh, technically appear on this podcast. So, as always, exciting times in uh, Pod Towers. Also, exciting news uh, we're going to have some merch for just in time for Christmas, we hope. We're going to have some mugs, Wizards of Drivel mugs, uh, competitively priced, and I think will make any brew taste a bit more sanctimonious than usual. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah, uh, that that's all been sorted out by uh, Joe Barbieri, who of course uh, did our logo and stuff, so you, you're guaranteed a, a good quality uh, image uh, there. So, And also, you know, if you buy a mug from us, you're supporting the podcast and allows us to witter on a bit more so yeah go buy one just uh, tweet us if, if you want one there's only going to be five I think available so first come first serve get in there quick and we'll sort you out with a mug and also the Deploy and Goy campaign uh, continues we came oh so close last week he was just sat there on the bench waiting for us to kill the game off so we could bring him on but uh Show your support for the Deploying Goy campaign by buying some stickers off us. Or we might just give the stickers away. Haven't decided yet. So yeah, exciting times, Ben. Very exciting times. I, th- I think those mugs will be absolutely lovely. I mean, who doesn't want another Stoke mug? I'm sure everyone listening to the podcast probably has at least one already, but I'm sh- this one will be better. I can guarantee yeah. it. Well said. Um that's it from us coming up Eric Peters thoughts on the upcoming Burnley game and a chat I had with the No Name Ever podcast thank you very much for listening go on Stoke Ken because obviously it's nice to, to bounce back after the defeat the previous week against Bournemouth good performance as well at Vicarage Road yeah I think so um, it's too bad we we lost against Bournemouth at home but uh, I think uh, we came back strong especially the first half um, Watford didn't know what to do with us uh, we created a lot of chances um, and we uh, got a good, good, good header by Charlie Allen, and they gave it to to Gomez at the end. But um, 
I think was uh, was deserved that we came one nil. Um, then the second half we had a good chance by Marco and uh, and Waltz to make the two nil. Uh, but I think we we controlled the game and um, I think it's a good win for us. Yeah. Yeah, one of the best performances certainly first half. Would you think of the season? Uh, I think so. Yeah, we we had good control of the game. Um, there's always bias has to be better, but that 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 that's football. Um, but I'm really really pleased with the with the first uh, first half because I felt we had control um, and we created a lot of chances, especially with uh, with Mark and uh, and Shaq in the free roll behind Johnny Waters. Uh, I think it was a was a good move by the by the gaffer as well. Yeah, and a clean sheet as well. Right? Yeah, defenders always want yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, we had the um, clean sheet was uh, was. It's always nice to have, uh, especially when you win away from home, keep the clean sheet, uh, score one goal and then it's enough. No captain, but Bruno Martins, Indian man that you know, he led by example. Very, very good, solid performance from him. <coughs> yeah, yeah, like you guys may be, uh, surprised, uh, be, be surprised by Bruno, but um, um, I saw him playing in the, in the Dutch league. Um, I know him from, uh, from a couple of games already and... Um, I saw him playing a couple of times at uh, at Porto, so I know what he can do. I saw him playing at the national team as well. So uh, for me, it's not a surprise. Uh, for him, I'm happy he's going to play games again, and, and I'm I'm happy he's standing next to me uh, as well as Muniesa again um, to to play here at Stoke. Do you think potentially he's got the, he could be one of the best centre halves in in the Premier League? Uh, that's future. Um, <laughs> it's it's he's playing a good couple of games now, but it's for him now to. To develop his uh, his play and uh, make sure he get um, he's number one in that position and make sure uh, he gets better and better every week for for himself, uh, but also good for us. A change in system, the manager said three three at the back, three centre halves adapted to that well. Yeah, no, of course. Um, you always look at your opponent how they play, uh, and sometimes it's best to play the the good old system. And sometimes it's good to change it a bit. And uh, I'm happy that we changed it because uh, when I said the first half. I, didn't think uh, Watford didn't know what to do against us. Um, they're more busy to put each other at the right place and then, then defend um, defend us uh, and, and attacking. Um, so I think uh, that we did a really good job um, through the whole game, but especially the first half. And you and Marco on that left is it's really blossoming again. It had a good partnership last season. It's it's continuing. Yeah, yeah, I'm happy. Um, Marco is a good friend. Um, always has been, and um, we play together against each other in the in the Dutch league. Um, but now we're playing with each other, so we have the same uh, same academy. Uh, we know what we want. Uh, I know what he wants. He knows my strength. We know each other's strength. So um, I'm happy, and um, hopefully it can continue like this. And obviously there was a bit of focus on Imbula coming back into the team, having been yeah. been dropped, but came in and 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 answered those questions. I think so. Yeah, um, I know what Imbula can do. Uh, he showed last season as well. I think uh, he played some wonderful wonderful uh, games for us. Um, He's a he's a player who needs he needs confidence, um, and if you if you like um, keep talking to him and keep supporting him, uh, he can be a, a big failure for for the team. And uh, I think everyone uh, can see what he can do. And uh, what you said, like he showed absolutely uh, uh, last Sunday. Uh, and the manager's got some big decisions to yeah, make. Yeah, that's weekend. good for him, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> you but, you wouldn't like to be him, though, would you? No, nah, I'm good at the left, left back position. No, I mean you wouldn't like to be the. <laughs> no, manager. no, no, that's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm good at that. I will stay in the pitch, and then he can make the decision. <laughs> but he has to put me in yeah. first. Uh, put Marco in second on the left. Then, then I'm happy. Burnley though at home, obviously looking for an away win. I don't think they've got one yet this season, so they'll be. No, but um, same thing with Bournemouth, is it? Um, 
it's no easy game in the Premier League. Everyone knows that. Um, so uh, after like six game being undefeated, uh, we lost points against Bournemouth. Now we came back strong, uh, and now it's to us to to make sure we continue. And um, it's a busy period. It's coming up again. Uh, so we need to need to get all the points that we that we need uh, this year and uh, next year in January we we start over again. But um, now it's Burnley at, Burnley at home, um, and I think we have uh, uh, something to give back to the people from uh, from last week. Thanks, Eric. You're welcome. Yeah, I was just going to ask. I mean, this season, Mark Hughes talked about the 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 top teams improving more. Have you noticed that it's harder to pick up points in the Premier League perhaps than in the previous? Yeah, it is. I think the Premier League is getting better and better each each year. Um, of course, money has to do something with it as well. Everyone knows that. Um, bigger bigger managers are coming to to the, to the league. Bigger players are coming. You see, uh, Juventus they got slapped on. They got uh, they got uh, Pogba. So, you know. Players are coming to the Premier League. They love to play in the Premier League. Uh, so yeah, the the, the big teams um, going to be stronger and stronger. But um, I think we are a good team together. Um, we don't have the big big players, but um, I think a team is stronger than than one big player. What is a realistic target for you this season? To be honest, I think still top ten. Um, I don't know why we shouldn't get shouldn't reach that. Uh, we have a good team. Uh, we long. Uh, together a uh, couple of years now uh, and I think we're getting better and better every time of course the ups and downs every season uh, you have to do you have to deal with injuries you have to do suspensions um, but I think when everyone stays fit and um, everyone stays on board I think we're a really good team and uh, top 10 must be must be the target and I know Matt talked about the new system. Is that something the players that you showed you were comfortable with it on Sunday? Do you think it's something that could be used more now for you as a team? Um, yeah, of course. Uh, what I said before, it's, it's, it's uh, sometimes you need to change tactics to make sure your opponent uh, isn't stronger than you. Um, and sometimes you choose for the other one the the trusting um, formation. But um, every opponent is different, and um, every every week the gaffer um, and the whole team are talking to each other and looks what what is the best formation to to start with. And um, if everyone feels comfortable doing that. Uh, we go for it and we give 100% and uh, it worked really well last weekend. Mm, and two of the players, obviously we talked about Bruno Martins Indy, also Lee Grant who's done well. Yeah. I'm sure that the squad will be hoping that they'll be signed up hopefully in January. for. Yeah, the of course. Uh, I will be happy for them as well. Uh, not only for us, but also for them. Uh, they've shown that they can be really valuable for, 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 the, for Stoke, for us. And uh, I think uh, um, that they... Um, uh, can't wait um, to see what when Stoke is coming. Um, and if I if I were Stoke, uh, I'd love to have uh, Lee and Bruno with us. Mm. And and just touched on this Saturday, and a couple of home games as well before Christmas with Leicester and Southampton. Yep. Chances to pick up points because there are some more tricky games as we see coming around the festive period. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you talk, you're talking about Liverpool. You're talking about Chelsea. Who's coming up? Um, the thing is, you have to play against. It. Every single team in the, in the league, uh, at home, away. Um, but yeah, you want to collect as many points as soon as possible, is it? So, um, especially the home games, I think um, you you want to give something, especially for the for the people uh, who are supporting us through all the games, even when we draw or lose, even in the hard time in the beginning, they they keep supporting us. So, especially at home, you want you want to give something to them. But uh, like even away games, 
we get uh, we can get our result. We we showed the West Ham, we showed the Watford. So um, now it's a home game. So now we focus on the home game to get the three points, and then after that, uh, we focus on the other game. Brilliant, thank you. All right. Thank you. No, I'll do a quick, yeah. I just have one quick like, question on Atholai. Uh, yes. Obviously, you know him pretty well as well. Uh, I do. Have you seen back training? Yeah, I, um, I hate when people have injuries, um, even if it's the opponent or, or, or someone else. Uh, but especially uh, Atholai is, is, is had a couple of injuries in his career now. Um, and he, he was playing really well for us, then he got his injury. Um, so I'm happy for him to to be back on the pitch again. Um, he's looking strong, looking fit, fitter every every week. So I hope he can continue. Don't have a, a setback, um, and hopefully he get um, after uh, in the new year. I think after mm -hmm. Christmas he will be back. So um, I just hoping for him he, he can good, have a good second half of the season and. Uh, be a failure for us, but also for himself. A top player who's played at the highest level. Yes. Um, you don't think it, it will affect him mentally, will you? The, the injury? Cause no, it can no. Do, can't it? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I've deal with a couple of injuries by myself as well. Um, it can affect you big time. Uh, but I think uh, Afly is a is a strong strong personality, and um, he can deal with it. Uh, everyone deals with it in his own way. Uh, you have to accept that. And I think that's the best way to do it. Um, and I think he's, he's, he's doing a really, really good job. Uh, seeing him back on the pitch, I think not only me, but also every teammate, what he has, is um, delighted seeing him back and get him fitter every week. Um, and I think he can't wait. Well, I think a lot of people can't wait to see him back on the pitch again and playing games for us. I think you're right. I think the fans will appreciate it when he comes back. Because yeah. he was probably in line for Player of the Year last season, the way the impact he was making. Yeah, he was. He was in the beginning. He was. Yes, you get used to the to the win with the Premier League, but that's normal. But after a couple of games, you, you see he got his spot. You know what to do. You know you know what he didn't have to do. Um, so it's it was really on a good track. So that, that's why it's it's hard when you get an injury like this. Uh, it's not only EB was also like Jack Butland was really playing really well. He got he got an injury. Um, uh, Stephen Island was playing really well. Got an injury. So it's 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 hard. Um, you, you don't wish this to any other footballer. Thanks, Harry. Appreciate I'm now joined by Jamie Smith from the Burnley podcast No Name Never. Jamie, a couple of bad results for Burnley recently. How are you feeling about going to the Bet365 Stadium? Yeah, obviously, away from home, we've been quite poor all season, really. And Monday's results at West Brom was certainly the low white of the season. So... An improvement on that game is a must. We were better at the weekend against Man City, but it was a fairly classic Burnley in the Premier League in the end, in that we battled hard, the spirit was good, but we lost because of basic defending errors. So we need to be stronger at the back. We've conceded six very sloppy goals in the last two games. So hopefully we'll see a solid defensive performance, but Stoke's quite a tough place to go. I know we've got a couple of good results there in the last few years, so... Something to inspire us, but I'm not feeling massively confident, to be honest, with the way we're defending, coupled with the really dreadful away form, I'm struggling to be positive. You do look more suited to the Premier League this time round, I think it's fair to say. You've, you've had a yeah. decent start to the season. Are you confident about staying in the league? Do you think there's three teams worse than you? I think we, we are more ripped than we have been the last couple of times. Um, we, sit, we 
we don't seem to be letting games overawe us either. Obviously, it did go badly wrong at West Brom last weekend, and there is a bit of a lack of confidence on the road. Um, last time we were in the Premier League, we waited like 10 games for us win, and that was brutal and really damaged our survival chances. So, at the moment, although we've had a couple of bad defeats in succession, we're still doing okay. I think we've got a three-point cushion. Um, when you see some of the defending in Swansea v Palace, there's no reason why we can't finish above those two for starters. So, I think um, it is going to be a case of finding teams that are worse than us rather than us being particularly outstanding and finishing in mid-table. But at the moment, from what I've seen of some of the other teams, there's certainly a, a good chance, I think, that there's going to be three teams worse than us. But I think it probably will be quite close. I wouldn't be surprised if it was also played for on the last day. What's the fans' verdict on Sean Dyche? Um, I imagine his status there is pretty untouchable. But do, do you get those... Um... Uh, do you get Deitch uh, detractors? There are some, but it's very much a, a minority. I mean, he's been there four years, so everyone knows what to expect from him, really. He doesn't really surprise us very often. You can generally tell who he's going to pick, what his changes are going to be. It's very rare that he does something, but when fans are like, oh, what's they expecting him to do? That that was different. Uh, there are criticisms of him though I think he can still be a bit inflexible although we've seen him play two different formations this season we've been playing 4-5-1 recently where pretty much every game before that we'd play 4 under dice so he hasn't really got a different system um, but I think tactics can be a bit negative and defensive and it can be a bit long ball at times which not everyone wants to see so last season when we were winning and playing long ball direct football at times it's difficult to argue with it, but this season when we played at time, it's not worked and a lot of people would like to see us be a bit more progressive on the ball. So there are detractors, but overall I think more people are delighted that he's our manager and hopefully he'll stay our manager for, for a long time because of the success that we've had in the last few years with the two promotions, it's built on stability and that all comes from, from Dash as the, the bedrock. So hopefully um, he sticks around, but although he's very highly thought of, I think he probably needs to keep Burnley in the Premier League before he earns a bigger job. So I don't think we have to be too worried about him going somewhere else either, to be honest. You seem to have uh, invested a bit more in the playing squad this time around. I think the first time you came up, you maybe didn't uh, spend a lot of money uh, and that that was maybe what cost you in the end. But what have you made of the signings you've made this season? Yeah, we've definitely had more of a go at it this time. I think we've made investments off the pitch before this season, but there's a new training ground almost done now. I think that's pretty much finished. Um, there's a lot of work gone on with the youth system, Turf Moor, there's a lot of work being done to bring Turf Moor up to scratch for, for a Premier League club as well. So there was no reason why we couldn't invest a bit heavier this time. Obviously, this is the new TV deal as well means everyone's a bit richer. Uh, signing's a bit of a mixed bag. I think Johan Gunmundsen's been very good after the slow start. Unfortunately, he picked up an injury against Man City and it's probably unlikely to play against Stoke. I haven't seen how serious it is, but he went straight off. It looked like hamstring pull to me, so probably three weeks out. Um, Steve Defoe's been pretty much a revelation in Bill Villa. Um, highly rated as a youngster, bad injury problems, but seems to be putting all that behind him. He does have some fitness issues. We've not seen 90 minutes very often, but when he is on the pitch, he's the heartbeat of the team. And when Defoe plays well, Burnley play well, he's that influential. And his set pieces are generally excellent as well. So that's going to be a big threat for us at the weekend. But the jury's certainly out on our biggest signing, Jeff Hendrick. He costs £10 million, which 
awful lot of money for us, although when you look at players who cost ten million in the Premier League or something, you don't get a lot for that money anymore. Um I think some people have judged him on the basis of the fee, which is maybe a bit unfair because Jeff Hendrick didn't decide he was worth ten million pounds, Burnley Football Club did. So it's it's a little bit unfair, I think, but he's not having enough impact on games. He seems a bit unsure of his role. Um, he needs to be a bit more incisive for me. Um, but his early days, he's playing in the Premier League for the first time. He's only played half a dozen games in the Premier League. He's only 24, so there's, I'm, I'm hopeful he's going to come good, but in the minute, not seeing enough of him yet. And the two loanies that we've got, um, John Flanagan and Patrick Bamford. Flanagan's barely played. He started a game. Started a couple of weeks ago and did okay and then lost his place on Stephen Ward, got fit. And Bamford, we've hardly seen. I think we could probably get to see more out of the loans and certainly Hendrick is someone that we need to, to get more from. Uh, one player who Stoke were linked with when you were in the Championship was um, Michael Keane, who's very highly rated young English defender. He's uh, been called up to a recent England squad. Uh, clearly a lot of buzz about the guy. Given that you've had a defensive uh, nightmare against West Brom recently. H- how good is he? Yeah, I don't miss the boat on that one, to be honest. It was um, a bit laughable when <laughs> Stoke coming in for him, because Burnley fans have known for a, a long time that Michael Keane, when he leaves, he's going to go to a top club and he'll go for a lot of money. Um, but he had a dreadful game against West Brom, to be honest. He, he was... Uh, really, really poor. Salomon Rondon just uh, dominated him for strength and power, and he just didn't cope with that at all. Um, but he has been very good this season. He's probably been our best defender. Obviously, we've had games where we've conceded goals, but there's been games like the the nil nil at Old Trafford where Keane was pretty much faultless. Um, he's, he just seems to have everything for me. He's almost like the mould of what you'd want from a, a modern centre-back. You can play the ball out from the back. He's quick enough to make up for, for mistakes or positioning errors. Although his positioning is very good. But he, he can also do the old-fashioned stuff. He's good at the blocks and putting his head on the line. and He seems to have it all for me. So I think he's got 18 months left on his contract now. We're obviously going to be a bit vulnerable in January. Um, but he seems to have a very good head on his shoulders as well. He's talked repeatedly about how he understands that Burnley gave him his chance and he's developed a lot as a player since he came to Burnley. So I think the likeliest scenario for Keane is that he stays with us until the end of the season and then it'll be a case of the highest bidder. OK. Um, looking ahead to Saturday then, how, how do you see uh, Sean Dyche uh, setting up his team? Do you think you'll perhaps try and absorb some pressure and hit us on the counter? Do you, do you see it being... Uh, more, do you see Burnley being more adventurous than that? We do normally play on a break, even at home, <laughs> so I think there probably will be a bit of that. Um, but I'm not sure. I think we've played so badly away from home in most of our games that he has to try something different. So, Although the strategy we've had for home games and been successful, 4-5-1 playing on the break, you'd think that would be suited away games. hasn't worked for us at all, so it will be interesting to see if you try something else. Um, with the injuries that we've got at the minute, Marnie and Goodmanson both went off against City and I don't think either of them are going to be available. It seems to be a good opportunity to go back to 4-4-2, which we've had a lot of success with under Dyche. Um, that would be an opportunity to get Andre Gray back in the team. He's not since coming back from suspension. Obviously, he's banned for his, his tweets 
these historic tweets. So I think we need to find a way to get Gray back into the team and play 4 4 2 is probably the way to do that. So I think it's probably an opportunity for us to do that. Gray's got pace and power and you can worry defences, but it seems that his confidence has taken a hit from that band. So um, everyone's a bit unsure what to, to expect from Gray at the moment because at the start of the season, we all thought Gray was going to be the man who was going to score the goals to keep us up and we've just not seen that at all yet. Okay, and from the from the Stoke side then, uh, which of our players kind of uh, worry you? I think um, Burnley seems to struggle against pace, and so the fact that Stoke don't have no, rapid don't. players, I think it's probably a positive for us. Um, but set pieces, we have been quite poor from defending set pieces, and although Mark Hughes has changed the way Stoke played quite radically all the time, I think Stoke pieces Stoke pieces, set pieces are still a, a way that Stoke are going to be able to hurt us. Uh, a player like Arnautovic, I think he's excellent. He's probably due a move to a, a bigger club, to be honest. I think he can cause us some problems. A player that I really like that seems to be out of favour is, is in Boo. I don't know if that's an off the field thing, yeah. but he seems to be developing really well last season. And he's just seen yeah, it's interesting you say that because against Watford, he uh, just got back into the side having not uh, played for a, a long, long time. And he was man of the match against Watford uh, from the Sky perspective and from a lot of Stoke fans' perspectives as well. He's got he's got real talent. He can uh, really change defence into attack really well. He's got a good pass on him. He's he's big, he's powerful. And we, we, just, we just want a, a run of good performances out of him. So uh, I think he'll start against Burnley and uh, hopefully... Uh, he'll carry on his good form. Yeah, I'm, I'm wary of him, but I think he's a very, very good player. But also, Burnley fans will be um, well aware of, of Lee Grant. He's done very well for Stoke this season. I don't know how close Jack Butland is to, to fitness, but, but when Grant played for us, he had one very notable weakness in the shots straight at him. He palmed them out into the danger zone a lot and conceded a lot of goals from him doing that. Um, so it'll be interesting to see Grant's mentality playing against his former club. So I don't think anyone, when he left us, no one would have predicted that he'd be playing and keeping clean sheets in the Premier League yeah, within a couple of we, years. We didn't expect anything from him either. And then he's suddenly <laughs> keeping Zlatan out at Old Trafford single-handedly. Yeah, so. It's been really good, to be fair. But yeah, it's, it's a bit of a surprise for us. Yeah. Um, last time you came to the Brit, uh, you beat us 2-1, which was uh, against the run of form, uh, certainly that season. Uh, Danny Ings scored two in about two minutes and uh, we were up against it from there. Yeah, I remember that one. Yeah, I'd like to erase it from my memory, but uh, unfortunately <laughs> not. Um, now, uh, the Watford fan we had on last week uh, predicted Watford will sneak it 1-0 and obviously they didn't. So uh, with that in mind, could you please predict a Burnley win for us? <laughs> I don't think I can do that, especially since you just warned me that it doesn't work. I think most Burnley fans now would be delighted with a point. A point away from home in most games in the Premier League would be excellent. And the form we've had away from home, I would snap your hand off for for nil nil now. Um, but the way we've been playing, it just feels like we're going to concede soft goals all the time. So I'm expecting another defeat. Hopefully. We'll give it a good go. I want us to see a bit more on the front foot. I think that would be good to to really try and not just stay in aim. I think that's, that's something that we do a bit too much under Sean Dyche away from home. So I'm hoping to see us have a go, but I'm afraid probably Stoke, maybe 2-1, 3-1. Okay. Um, 
Oh, damn Sorry. <laughs> okay, Jamie. Uh, thank you very much. Enjoy the game. No Cheers. worries. Thanks a lot. Cheers.